Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Yes, it is debate night, and we will get into that. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think the president's going to have a good night, despite the fact he's likely to be debating two people. And I think if he uh, sticks to certain themes and has some counterpunches ready, I think he'll be able to do quite well. But I want to start off with something else. We're told this is too complicated to understand, so I want to make it very simple so that even liberals, the Democrat Party media, reprobates like the morning schmo and Andrea Mitchell can comprehend what I'm going to say. There are extremely serious allegations that Joe Biden was aware of his son's foreign dealings and lied to the American people about it, not just Ukraine. And that Joe Biden may well have benefited from some of them. Now let's start from the beginning. There's a piece in the Wall Street Journal today by James Freeman, who's an excellent writer. And he asks, how long can this media blackout continue? At this hour, many news consumers remain trapped behind the Silicon Curtain. Nevertheless, word continues to spread about the Biden family business. Thanks to an underground publication founded by Alexander Hamilton in 1801. It's called the New York Post. The latest story from the New York Post, which shares common ownership with the journal, comes courtesy of veteran columnist Michael Goodwin. He reports a statement from a Biden business partner, who says that Joe Biden was involved in the family influence peddling racket, including with China. Mr. Goodwin reports a statement from Tony Babalinski, 
This man is a very serious military man. A Biden business associate. The statement attributed to Mr. Bobulinski appears to confirm that contrary to his denials, Joe Biden was involved with his son Hunter's business, and it was not a business in which a future president ought to be involved. The Bobulinski statement published by the Post reads in part as follows. I am the CEO of Cinehawk Holdings, which was a partnership between the Chinese operating through CEFC Chairman Ye and the Biden family. I was brought into the company to be the CEO by James Gillier and Hunter Biden. The reference to the big guy, the big guy in the much-publicized May 13, 27 email, that is, some money put aside for the big guy, is in fact a reference to Joe Biden. The other JB referenced in the email is Jim Biden. Jim Biden is Joe Biden's brother. Now, Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy or my chairman and frequently referenced asking him for his sign-off or advice on various potential deals that we were discussing, he says. I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand that's not true. Because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name on its legacy on the line. I realized the Chinese were not really focused on a healthy financial return on investment. They were looking at this as a political influence investment. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist-controlled China. Now, if it's true that Joe Biden was accepting influence payments, including from Chinese entities, then he should immediately quit the presidential race. Writes correctly James Freeman. But the press has been largely uninterested in pursuing this story. Today, Newsweek's Jason Lemon made an effort, and he writes, Newsweek reached out to the Joe Biden presidential campaign and Hunter Biden's lawyer for comment, but they did not respond by the time of publication. The recent media blackout on the Biden family business remains largely intact. The story did get a mention in a weekly newsletter from the public editor of National Public Radio. Beginning around paragraph 16, Kelly McBride addresses a listener's question. Carolyn Abbott writes, Someone please explain why NPR has apparently not reported on the Joe Biden Hunter Biden's story in the last week or so, that Joe did know about Hunter's business connections in Europe that Joe had previously denied having knowledge. Ms. McBride then spends a paragraph disparaging the New York Post and clinging to the hope that the emails are not legitimate before acknowledging, quote, but the biggest reason you haven't heard much on NPR about the Post story is that assertions don't amount to much. We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners' and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. NPR managing editor for news Terrence Samuel told me. And quite frankly, that's where we ended up. This was a politically driven event. We decided to treat it that way. And that's the official NPR position. Freeman writes, this column warned yesterday that if the New York Post reporting continued to hold up, Some media folk might quickly pivot from arguing that the revelations were so damning they must be part of a hostile Russian intelligence operation against the U.S. 
to arguing that actually the Biden emails aren't damning at all. Just typical swamp behavior. And as an aside, we know that it's not part of any kind of a Russian intelligence operation. The Director of National Intelligence, the Department of Justice, and the FBI have all said so. And never forget, the Democrats and the media, led by Adam Schiff, that was their first line of defense. A lie. This column takes a backseat to no one in skepticism about the Beltway establishment. But given the documented overseas riches collected by the Biden family, it would be patently unfair to claim that the average Washingtonian is as corrupt as the former vice president. This is serious stuff. Breitbart, Matthew Boyle, a whistleblower CEO and Biden insider, Tony Bobulinski, released a public statement yesterday evening, backing up the reporting of the New York Post from last week and claiming that he personally witnessed Democrat presidential nominee, former Vice President Joe Biden, discussing business deals with his son, Hunter Biden. Remember, he told you, America, he had not. Sources familiar with the matter told Breitbart News that Bobulinski is the person whose allegations and inside information are the centerpiece of a forthcoming investigation by the Wall Street Journal. That Wall Street Journal story has not been published yet, several days after the newspaper staff indicated to some the piece would come out. It's unclear why the journal has not yet published, but President Trump hinted on a conference call earlier this week that such a story was coming from the newspaper. So the new staff right now is sitting on it, but nobody knows why. Bobolinsky's statement also seemingly authenticates at least one of the bombshell emails obtained by the New York Post, purportedly from Hunter Biden's laptop retrieved from a computer repair store in Delaware. This statement also contradicts claims from some Democrats that a Russian disinformation campaign was somehow involved. Bobolinsky said in a press statement he released last night, quote, My name is Tony Bobolinsky. The facts set forth below are true and accurate. They're not any form of domestic or foreign disinformation. Any suggestion to the contrary is false and offensive. I'm the recipient of the email published seven days ago by the New York Post, which showed a copy to Hunter Biden and Rob Walker. The email is genuine. So they can't say these emails, or at least some of them, are fake, ladies and gentlemen. They came off Hunter's laptop. They haven't denied that it's Hunter's laptop. Use your common sense. According to Bobolinsky, the use of the term the big guy in one such email was a direct reference to Joe Biden himself. Now the big guy. The email includes a note that Hunter has some office expectations. He will elaborate. This is about a China energy company that's since gone under. A proposed equity split reference is 20 for H, that's Hunter, 10 held by H for the big guy. In other words, 10 held by H, Bobolinsky says, for Joe Biden. Bobolinsky's statement would be the first on-record confirmation of this form, a source in Biden universe. He says, Bobolinsky, what I'm outlining is fact. I know it is fact because I lived it. I am the CEO of Cinehawk Holdings, which was a partnership between the Chinese operating through the CEFC Chairman Ye and the Biden family. I was brought into the company to be the CEO. The reference to the big guy in the much-publicized May 13, 27 email is in fact a reference to Joe Biden. 
Screenshots published by the New York Post indicate that Bobulinski was one of the recipients of the email in question, and now he's authenticated it. The email was authored by James Gilly of the consulting firm J2CR. Now that Bobulinski is publicly confirming the authenticity of the email, which again, he was the recipient of, that furthers the story significantly. And Joe Biden's presidential campaign does not deny their authenticity. And the email was one of many. The New York Post published from Hunter Biden's laptops. A laptop. Others include emails where Hunter Biden described getting a meeting for Ukraine National Gas Company Burmese executives with his father when his father was vice president. The emails have rocked the presidential campaign in the final weeks of the race, and Biden has called them a smear against him. Twitter and Facebook, when the New York Post first published the emails, censored the content. The social media censorship had mixed results. Twitter's actions, according to an MIT study, actually drove more interest to the story. But Facebook's actions, according to the Newswhip data, severely limited the reach of the story to many users. It's a cover-up by the media and the Democrat Party. A cover-up. Bobolinsky said, as the CEO, he insists the emails are not any form of domestic or foreign disinformation. He, his father, and his grandfather all served in the United States Navy. He also says he has no political axe to grind, that the only politicians he's ever donated to over the years are Democrats. Bobolinsky said, I'm the grandson of a 37-year Army intelligence officer, the son of a 20-plus-year career naval officer, and the brother of a 28-year career naval flight officer. I myself served our country for four years and left the Navy as a lieutenant. I held a high-level security clearance and was an instructor and then CTO for Naval Nuclear Power Training Command. I take great pride in the time my family and I served this country. I'm also not a political person. What few contributions I've made in my life were to Democrats. To Democrats. And you can find his full statement at Breitbart.com. Matt Boyle. Now, there's more here. And what's amazing to me is we have a witness who's come forward and other witnesses who've yet to come forward. We have names on emails. I said this to you from day one. When I and Rudy Giuliani were attacked, when I had the guts to put them on my Sunday show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, a few days back. We have emails, we have dates, we have times, we have texts, we have company names, we have witnesses' names. Now witnesses come forward. And the Biden campaign has not denied a single piece of evidence. They have not denied that this is Hunter's laptop. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association 
dating way back to 1844. Commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Never before in American history, and I've studied this subject, I've written about it, as you know, have we had a media that is so thoroughly corrupt that it would affirmatively censor what is a massive scandal. And now with the assistance of Facebook and Twitter, we have never experienced this as a people. Never. Let's continue with our friend Matthew Boyle of Breitbart. A 2017 email from a top official with a Chinese energy firm provided by a whistleblower to the U.S. Senate investigators, and I've seen this email, demonstrate the terms of an agreement included officials with the firm giving a $5 million wiring it, non-secured, forgivable loan to the Biden family. The email sent to Sinohawk holding CEO again, Tony Bobolinsky, shows how a top official with CEFC Energy, his name was Yi, a now bankrupt and defunct energy company based in China, offered to wire $10 million into an account to begin operations, $5 million worth of which would be a non-secured, forgivable loan to the BD family, which means the Biden family. Breitbart senior contributor Peter Schweizer, who will be here in three or four minutes, spent four and a half hours with Bobolinsky before he went public and discussed these communications, in particular regarding the loan. According to Schweizer, these Chinese energy company officials were going to put $10 million, $10 million into an account, $5 million of which was designated as a non-secured favorable loan for the Biden family. I mean, this is incredible. If this is a pay-for-play, if this isn't buying and selling power, I, I don't know what is. And the fact that the media decide uh, first that it's a Russian disinformation campaign, it's a Biden disinformation campaign, then they go out of their way to trash Rudy Giuliani. Why are you trashing Rudy Giuliani? He's turned out to be correct. Uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. Now, we're going to cover it this hour. Next hour, I want to get more deeply into the debate. But this is a massive scandal. It really is. And I don't know. God forbid if this guy becomes president of the United States, what happens then? I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. 
and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Levin, a proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. One of the great investigative journalists really left, Peter Schweitzer. How are you, my friend? Uh, It's great to be with you, Mark, as always. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Peter, you spent time with uh, Tony Bobulinski. Tell everybody who he is. He's an extremely credible person. I have a friend who's very close to him and says he's a really rock-solid stand-up guy. Was that your impression? Yes, absolutely. I spent about four and a half hours with him. Um, He's really not political, Mark. Um, He's a former uh, Navy officer. He was in the um, nuclear program with the Navy, went into private equity. Um, His only real uh, political involvement was he gave, uh, you know, some campaign contributions 10, 15 years ago to Democrats. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is not somebody who, you know, is politically motivated. Um, And he was brought in uh, to do some deals with the Biden family uh, and China. And what's interesting here is the timeline, Mark. The the discussion starts on Christmas Eve of 2015. That's important because, of course, Joe Biden is still vice president of the United States. And that's when Tony is first contacted by another Biden associate saying, I'm putting together a deal with a prominent American family, which the chain reveals is the Bidens. Um, do, uh, we are doing deals overseas. Uh, and there's a great level of detail in the communications that he has now turned over to the U.S. Senate. I've seen some of them, but they're very explicit in a couple of things, Mark. Number one, these are not Hunter Biden deals. The Chinese are very explicit that these are Biden family deals. And that's an important distinction. The second thing that it shows, Mark, is that these uh, deals involve discussions with Joe Biden. Uh, Hunter Biden uses code. He'll say, I need to talk to my chairman. Uh, Tony hears from another colleague. He says, well, who's the chairman? He says, that's his dad. Um, So his dad is involved in these discussions. Um, And then you actually have the transfer of money. Uh, there is uh, a Chinese energy company called CEFC. It's tied to the Chinese military. And you actually have communications where um, there is a deal cut. CEFC is going to put $10 million into this LLC. This is an LLC Tony is, is running. $5 million of that $10 million is a um, forgivable, not secured, $5 million loan from the Chinese to the Biden family. And the Senate report confirms, they didn't know what it was, but confirms that that $5 million did make its way to the Bidens. When you consider $5 million made it to the Bidens, and he gets uh, Hunter $3.5 million from the widow of the ex-mayor of Moscow, and he's got other Chinese deals going uh, billion where he makes a percentage interest as as one of the facilitators and on and on. It sounds to me like Hunter Biden, first of all, made millions and millions of dollars off these foreign companies that have ties in many cases to these corrupt or communist governments. Uh, And that's number one. Is that is that is that 
right? Now, number two, when his father says, Joe Biden, with respect to Ukraine, he says broadly, I don't, I'm not involved in his business dealings. I'm doing this uh, off the top of my head. I don't know anything about them. That simply isn't possible anymore, is it? It's not. It's not. Uh, First of all, you know, Joe Biden's blanket statement that I have never discussed with my family, their business dealings, Hunter Biden himself has contradicted that. He said he talked to his dad about Burisma. Um, We know that when he said, I've never, you know, had any interactions with her business partners, we know that on that trip that they took on Air Force Two to Beijing, China, that you and I have discussed before, that Hunter Biden introduced his business partners to his father on that trip. The Chinese executives have said that that happened. Now you have these emails showing um, that this is not a Hunter Biden going rogue kind of venture. Um, This is a Biden family enterprise. That $5 million loan, for example, it's not to Hunter, it's to the Biden family. That's what the communications show. So you are exactly right. And the question that we have always asked is, you know, what is the Biden family selling when they are collecting this money? They, They don't have skills. They don't have a product, they don't have services, what are they selling? And they are selling Joe Biden's position as power and power as vice president of the United States. That is what is up uh, for sale. And Joe Biden has always been soft on communist China. Joe Biden early on, uh, when Donald Trump was pressing uh, communist China on the military front, on the geopolitical front, or the economic front, the trade front and all, uh, his comment was, you know, uh, come on, uh, we, we can eat their lunch. You know, it's just not a big deal. Remember? Yes, that's right. He's been consistent on that. And then think about this. I mean, think about the timing on this market. So in 2017, that's when this, this $5 million is transferred from the Chinese. And, of course, there may be other deals that we don't know about yet. But that money's being transferred. Hunter's got his deal with the, the, the $1.5 billion private equity deal. Joe Biden at that time in 2017 is setting up the Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania. If you look at the Biden Center when it was set up, they have a section on, you know, American foreign policy and diplomacy. They lay out three threats to America, the Joe Biden Center. Not one of them is China. They mention Russia, they mention climate change, and they they mention terrorism. No mention of China as a threat to the United States. So you have this parallel situation where they are quite literally getting money from Chinese entities linked to the Chinese military. And at the same time, the Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania is saying, here are the threats that America faces today, and China is not among them. It's, it's really quite astonishing. And what else is astonishing is that the American media, the Praetorian Guard, the vast majority of the American media won't touch this story despite the fact we have names, we have witnesses, we have emails, we have dates, we have times, we have texts, we have photos. Uh, the Biden campaign hasn't denied anything. They haven't denied that uh, that's Hunter's computer. They haven't denied that Hunter went into that store. They haven't denied that that's his signature on the invoice. They haven't denied uh, that uh, his lawyer called asking for the computer back. They haven't denied any of it, have they? No, no. And, 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 you know, 
Look, Mark, you and I, one of the first interviews I gave in January of 2018 was on my book, Secret Empires, where we first talked about the Bidens and their relationship with the mm-hmm. Chinese. The first thing that the Bidens said was, it's not true, those deals didn't happen. Then when we demonstrated again and again that the deals had happened, the position shift, shifted, uh, and that was that this had no effect on, on Joe Biden's policies. When we demonstrated that Joe, Joe Biden's policies favored the Chinese and the Ukrainians and these other foreign interests, then they shifted and said, I never discussed my business dealings um, with my family. Now that that has, has been proven to be a lie, they have shifted further and they said, well, I did not participate in any of those deals. What Tony has brought to the table today is that, yes, in fact, indeed, you did participate on these deals. So they have shifted the, the yardstick every single way. In each and every instance, uh, they have been deceptive and they have lied. And they are now at a point where they need to answer this question, and Joe Biden needs to stand before the American people and answer these questions and be pressed uh, he's, on He's them. not going to? He's not going to be pressed if it comes up tonight? It'll come out in, up in a very nebulous way by this uh, partisan moderator. If if it's pressed, it'll be pressed by the president. And the problem with that is, if you're if you're Ernie Grabowski out there and you're not really paying attention to all this, and you see the president's hammering away, and Joe Biden says, "That's a smear. Leave my son alone. That's a lie." That's what you're left with. Yeah, and this is where the the, the negligence of the media is astonishing. I mean, you you know as well as I do. There are some great reporters out there. Yeah, not many. Yeah, but the the manner in which these major news outlets are being run today, uh, it it is astonishing. Um, This is a story that has been brewing out there. And dare I say, if the name were changed and this were the Trumps rather than the Bidens, they'd be covering it. And, and, And more power to them. They should be covering it. But it's not the Trumps. It's the Bidens. And yet... A complete lack of coverage, a complete lack of curiosity about any of it. Um, and, and I just hope that the American people get to hear the facts, they can see what the facts are, and they can evaluate it for themselves. And the only way they're going to get that is by going to media sources like you, reading the books and reading the articles, because the major publications are not going to touch it. You know, Tony Bobulinski, he's out there, he's willing to talk. How hard was he to find for you? Uh, he actually uh, reached – there was an intermari- intermediary that reached out to me, mm-hmm. and they wanted us to meet because we had done so much work on this early on. And, and honestly, I was skeptical at first, Mark, because, you know, you get people all the time that come to you. But what's impressive about him was he did not oversell. You know, he didn't say, I've got the goods. It was, here's what I know. He showed me his devices, so I actually saw – the text messages and communications from James Biden and from Hunter Biden. I took the phone numbers down. I confirmed that those were actually their phone numbers. Um, and the fact that he was not political. This is, this is for him a matter and, of And he's law. now given this information to the United States Senate. That's correct, to Senator Johnson's committee. Yeah, and the Democrats want nothing to do with it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Nothing, nothing to see here. We don't even want to. We don't even want to look at it. Uh, here's what. Really here's amazing. what worries me, Peter. As I say, that this will not be properly framed at tonight's debate. The president of the United States will have to frame it and explain it as he's debating against two people. That's a heavy lift. And on top of that, God forbid, and I mean it, if this man's elected president of the United States, 
he's not going to be able to withstand scrutiny. Forget about the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and MSNBC and all of them. At some point, at some point, some investigation is going to occur. He will not be able to withstand scrutiny. We're going to have a serious problem with an elected president of the United States. Oh, I think you're right, and I think the, the, you know, the questions and the hints about him not serving a full term because Kamala Harris uh, will take his position, I think uh, the percentage of that happening becomes even higher uh, when you're talking about uh, these investigations. Look, I, I think you're right. The challenge uh, with a debate or with a discussion is these are simple stories in the sense that, that it, it's pretty basic, right? These foreign powers, uh, the Chinese government, Ukrainian oligarchs, Russian oligarchs, want favors from Joe Biden. They're paying his family. That's simple, but it's kind of complex because you've got these, you know, these complex foreign names. You've got these acronyms. You've got these bank accounts. You've got ways in which they try to hide it. That's why the fact that the media has not sort of laid the groundwork to explain to people what they're talking about um, is, is, is just negligence of the highest order. And apparently there is an FBI investigation into this laptop over possible money laundering. Money yeah, laundering. That's right. now th- yeah, that's go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. No, and I was going to say, Mark, I don't know much about that other than what I've reported, but that's right. And, you know, the issue has always been with Hunter Biden, his payment from the Ukrainians, um, for example, his payment from other entities overseas. This comes straight from Senator Johnson's report. The reason we know about those is because a lot of the transactions, a lot of the foreign money flowing into Hunter Biden uh, became the subject of so-called SARS reports, suspicious activity reports. Let, let me read this to you before we run out of time in the, in the audience. Multiple federal law enforcement officials, this is Fox reporting, and Fox is really the only one in the, in the New York uh, Post and, and outlets like this, mine. One of the documents obtained by... Well, no. Multiple federal law enforcement officials, as well as two separate government officials, confirmed the authenticity of these documents, which were signed by FBI Special Agent Joshua Wilson at subpoenas. Wilson did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. One of the documents obtained by Fox News was signed by an FBI receipt for property form, which details the Bureau's interactions with John Paul Mac Isaac, the owner of that Mac Repair Shop, who reported the, reported the laptop's contents to authorities. And so the uh, document has a case ID number. According to multiple officials, the FBI web, website 272 is the Bureau's classification for money laundering, while 272D refers to money laundering unknown uh, specified unlawful activity white-collar crime program, according to the FBI documents. One government official described 272D as a transnational or blanket Coding. BA indicates the case was open to the FBI's Baltimore field offices, um, sources say. So they may be looking at all this money coming in. You know, Joe Biden keeps saying, look at my tax returns. Look at my tax returns. I guess they're trying to see, and maybe I'm going a bridge too far, but I'm just guessing. Maybe they're trying to see if this money was laundered some way and hidden some way. Well, I, I think you're right. I think the reason you get a SARS report, a suspicious activity report from the Treasury Department, is that, that the flow of money is unusual and the source of that money. I mean, remember, Yelena Batarina, who's, who's the oh, Russian yeah. oligarch who sent $3.5 million, she's been re- linked to Russian organized crime by the Department. 30 Treasury seconds. Department. 
Yeah. And so that's the problem. It, it, there's no question the money laundering, the flow of money from suspicious foreign sources to Hunter Biden should absolutely be the subject of investigation, and I'm sure Peter, it is right now. Peter, I want to thank you. You're a national treasure, and, uh, and God bless you, my friend. Thank you. It's always great to be on with you, Mark. Thanks so much. Absolutely shocking that the rest of the media isn't even looking into this. In fact, they're covering up. More on that when we return. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. Well, we have a debate tonight. You may have heard about that after the uh, program ends. And I want to talk about some of that as well. We've covered this topic thoroughly in the first hour. And we'll stay on this each and every day. But there's other things I want to talk about as well. Not to the exclusion of this, but just other things that are important. And so uh, we want to make sure we cover those before the uh, program runs out. What I want to discuss in the next hour, I hope the president doesn't spend the whole debate on Hunter Biden. He may need a piece of it to explain to the American people and to point to Biden and try and press him because the media won't do that. So I think it would be a debating malpractice if he doesn't bring it up and address it in some way. But I also think the vast majority of the American people will have no idea what he's talking about, thanks to the media and Facebook and Twitter. And so he needs to hammer the issue of the economy. Joe Biden will kill energy. Joe Biden will kill this economy. Joe Biden is going after blue-collar workers, the middle class, and then we move on to the coronavirus. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here on Debate Night. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, let me wrap this up. NPR has refused to cover the uh, Biden laptop story. Uh, another fraud operation. I don't even know why NPR exists. There's literally 
thousands of radio stations and now podcasts and satellite radio and and streaming and God knows what out there. It's the, the, you couldn't have more competition. I have no reason why NPR is here other than it promotes the government's uh, point of view. And by government, I don't mean elected government. I mean the permanent government. Now, one of the things that has come out, and this is in the Washington Examiner. I'm just reading it to you. I've heard about this for two days now. Allegations that Hunter Biden stored photos of child pornography on his laptop computer have been forwarded to the Federal Bureau of Investigation for investigation, the Washington Examiner has learned. In an interview at the Trump Hotel in Washington Tuesday evening, Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's personal attorney, said Hunter Biden, son of Democrat President candidate Joe Biden, excuse me, Engaged for years in potentially criminal sexual behavior. Now, I know nothing of this, of course. But as the Washington Examiner reports, they said they didn't see any photographs. They're not confirmed. Uh, Bernie Couric, the former NYPD commissioner, (coughs) excuse me, was also interviewed. He said uh, he and Giuliani spoke with a police captain and so forth. In any event, that apparently is one of the things that's being looked at. Or investigated, I should say. And over at CNN, well, over at CNN, our friends at the Media Research Center, Newsbusters, they pointed out that CNN lined up partisan guests to plead for voters to dump Trump, to vote against Trump, for hours, for hours, a leftist journalist, a former employee, a grieving widow, a farmer. These are people who CNN brought on throughout the morning on Wednesday to trash the president. Not once during the four-hour time span. Four hours. Did CNN bring on one person who was critiquing Democratic nominee Joe Biden? But four times in as many hours, New Day and Newsroom went out of their way to find guests to plead for Americans to vote Trump out of office. CNN correspondent John Avalon, this guy's a fraud, started off the lineup by hailing such anti-Trump advocates, quote, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. What an idiot. He memorized a one-liner. What a buffoon. All right, let me talk about the debates. You know, one thing you can be sure is the president's getting advice from a thousand people. And at some point, that's not particularly helpful. It just isn't. And so, we can speak among ourselves about what we think should be done. And in part, I think this. He needs to hammer Joe Biden's economic record and economic policies. Many people are hurting out there. And they need to know that Joe Biden is not going to help them. He's going to make it more difficult for them to get their jobs back, or if they have jobs, to get any kind of salary increase. He's going to make it virtually impossible for small businesses to come back or to stay open. The taxes he proposes are not just for people who earn over $400,000 a year. He says he's going to repeal the Trump tax cuts. Well, the Trump tax cuts, despite them saying it was aimed at the upper level, we know as a matter of fact, Data-proven fact. 
that the vast majority of those tax cuts were aimed at most of you. In fact, he took some major deductions away from wealthier people. But if you go without, if they repeal the Trump tax cuts, many of you who, you know, you earn a living but nothing particularly fantastic, you're going to see your tax bill go up anywhere from $2,000 to $2,500. But it's worse. As one of the people who've read the 110-page Communist Manifesto, your cost for energy, to fill up your car, to fill up whatever kind of vehicle you have, to fill up your truck, uh, truck is going to skyrocket. Skyrocket. Because they intend to shut down pipelines that move the oil and the natural gas. They intend to massively increase regulations on oil producers and refineries. And they intend to put people out of work who are involved in fracking. You, personally, are going to see the price of gasoline at the pump go anywhere from two to four times the price that you're paying now. In addition, the cost of electricity is going to go through the roof. You remember Obama saying during the campaign when he was first running, no more energy plants? That is, no more electricity? He said, yes, the price of electricity is going to go up. And so you're going to see your your electricity bill go up. You're going to see your oil bill go up. You're going to see your gasoline bill go up. This is an attack on fossil fuels and energy related to fossil fuels. And they're not kidding. This is part of the Green New Deal. So they're going to massively increase taxes on them. They're going to regulate the producers to the point they're going to affect supply. That will affect demand. And what are you going to get? Not only incredibly more expensive energy, you're going to get brownouts and blackouts. This is the law of economics, which is as certain as the law of physics. You keep taxing things and regulating things, you keep punishing producers, you're going to get less of it. And they get less of it, your prices are going to go up, the availability is going to go down. They plan to do exactly the same thing in healthcare. I love the way they keep saying Trump has no healthcare plan. Listen to me. We don't even need a healthcare plan. We just need more insurance companies, more various types of premiums and policies that are tailored to people's needs. This is what would happen without a healthcare plan. They're going to keep touting Obamacare. Obamacare is a disaster. Obamacare doesn't cover a lot of specialties. You see what your deductibles are. You see what the cost of your premiums are. In so many states, in growing number of states, you don't have a choice. You can't get out of it. But you're going to lose your pre-existing condition. No, you're not. You're not going to lose your pre-existing condition. Number one, virtually every state requires insurance companies to cover pre-existing conditions. Number two, the Republicans said, look, we'll pass a national law that requires coverage for pre-existing conditions. So nobody's saying don't cover pre-existing conditions. This is what the left does to scare the hell out of you. But I'm the one who keeps telling you, I've looked at the plan. Joe Biden is going to lower the age for eligibility for Medicare to 60. What is that going to do? 
a massive new influx of patients into Medicare that is already teetering, according to the trustees of Medicare. It's got maybe eight years left. You do that, it's got maybe three years left. That's number one. Number two, those people who are going to now flood into Medicare at the age of 60, they're going to stop working. A lot of people keep their jobs in order to have the private health care option, right? Well, they won't need it anymore. So less money is going to come into Medicare while more money is going out of Medicare. Number three, what else are they going to do? Illegal aliens. Illegal aliens get free health care. Now, what does that mean? That means if they're 60 or older, they're going to get Medicare. Millions of illegal aliens. So Joe Biden is going to destroy Medicare. Destroy it. And by the way, the same with Social Security. The same with Social Security. So while they're choking and squeezing the golden goose that lays the golden eggs of the private sector, while they're taking a nation that is energy independent and destroying that energy independence, driving up the cost of fuel, driving up the cost of heat, driving up the cost of electricity, brownouts and blackouts, that's their plan. They're going to take these entitlements that many seniors in particular are relying on and kill them. Which is what amazes me about more and more seniors voting for Biden or thinking they're going to vote for Biden. Now let's talk about the coronavirus. Biden has no plan. He never did. I interviewed the vice president who's going to be on Sunday. Fantastic interview. He was unbelievable. Boy, was he blunt. And among other things, he said Joe Biden had no plan. He had no plan on day one. All he was doing was throwing obstacles in front of the president, rhetorical obstacles. Everything the president did, he opposed. But there were lives lost as a result of this pandemic. Lives lost not as a result of the president, but as a result of the pandemic. And there's a lot of reasons for this. Number one, it's a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. Number two, decisions were made by certain governors in certainly highly populated states that killed people. Now, we've talked about this till I'm blue in the face. The decision from New York and New Jersey and Illinois, the decision in Michigan and Pennsylvania and California, these heavily populated states, not to protect their senior citizens, not to protect grandparents and great-grandparents and nursing homes and assisted living homes, but instead to use them as facilities to put coronavirus-positive patients in with these individuals was a disaster, despite the fact the President of the United States provided military medical ships for New York and L.A., despite the fact that he built temporary emergency facilities with thousands and thousands of ICU beds and thousands of medical personnel. Much of it went unused, despite the fact that under this President Ventilators, PPE, respirators, and on and on and on were produced because nothing was left from the Obama-Biden administration as a result of the swine flu. To this day, Joe Biden has not criticized the decision by these Democrat governors to do what they did.
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Mr. Producer, are we able to tap into this current press conference? Both in this country and abroad, I'm making the statement to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family, Vice President Biden, his brother Jim Biden, and his son Hunter Biden in dealings with the Chinese. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. I have also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Tony Bobolinsky. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements documents, and other evidence. And the American people can judge for themselves. I brought, I guess, for record, three phones that spanned the years 2015 through 2018. These phones have never been held by anybody else besides myself. I was told this past Sunday by somebody who was also involved in this matter that if I went public this information, it'd be, it would bury all of us, man. The Bidens included. I have no wish to bury anyone. I've never been political. The few contributions I have made have been to Democrats. But what I am is a patriot and a veteran. To protect my family name and my business reputation, I need to ensure that the true facts are out there. In late 2015, I was approached by James Gillier, whom I had known for many years, about joining him in a deal which he said would involve the Chinese state-owned enterprise, CEFC China Energy, and what he called one of the most prominent families in the United States. I was informed first by Gillier, and then by Hunter Biden, and by Rob Walker, who was working with the Bidens, that the Bidens wanted to form a new entity with CFC which was to invest in infrastructure, real estate, and technology in the U.S. and around the world. I want to alert our affiliates. We're going to be going through the break. We're going to continue with this live press conference. Go ahead. Of investment capital. After months of discussion, I agreed at Gillier and Hunter Biden's request to become CEO of the entity to be called Sinohawk. Sino representing the Chinese side, Hawk 
representing Hunter Biden's brother Bo's favorite animal. And between February and May 2017, we exchanged numerous emails, documents, and WhatsApp messages concerning Sinohawk and its potential business. On May 2nd, 2017, the night before Joe Biden was to appear at the Milken Conference, I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, and at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. After that meeting, I had numerous communications with Hunter Walker, Gillier, and Jim Biden regarding the allocation of the equity ownership of Sinohawk. On May 13, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden, and Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. In fact, I was advised by Gillier and Walker that Hunter and Jim Biden were paranoid about keeping Joe Biden's involvement secret. I also had a disagreement with Hunter about the funds CFC was contributing to Sinohawk. Hunter wanted $5 million of those funds to go to himself and his family. So he wanted the funds wired directly to an entity affiliated with him. I objected because that was contrary to our written agreements concerning Sinohawk. He said, referring to the chairman, his father, that CFC was really investing in the Biden family, that he held the Trump card, and that he was the one putting his family legacy on the line. He also said to me on May 17th, 2017, that CFC wanted to be my partner, to be partner with the Bidens. During these negotiations, I repeated to Hunter and others that Sinohawk could not be Hunter's personal piggy bank. And I demanded that proper corporate governance procedures be implemented for capital distributions. Hunter became very upset with me. CFC through, two, through July 2017 was assuring me the funds would be transferred to Sinohawk, but they were never sent to our company. Instead, I found out from Senator Johnson's September report that the $5 million was sent in August 2017 to entities affiliated with Hunter. Tomorrow, I will be meeting with the Senate committee members concerning this matter, and I will be providing to the FBI the devices which contain the evidence corroborating what I have said. So I will not be taking any questions at this time. The evidence sits on these three phones. I don't want to go into anything any further. Uh, this will all be discussed with uh, Senator Johnson and his committee, and the American people can decide what's fact. That's Tony, Tony Bobolinsky stating basically everything that's been reported that we've talked about here. Now, there's also breaking news at The Blaze. Uh, and this is big, too. The media now claim that the Hunter Biden CEFC, this Chinese company story, is part of a disinformation campaign. But many of the details were reported in 2018 by the New York Times. Leon Wolf at The Blaze writes, The explosive revelations regarding Hunter Biden's business dealings with the corrupt and now defunct Chinese energy company CEFC 
Hold on, folks. I just lost it, of course. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, have been largely dismissed by mainstream outlets as part of a disinformation campaign. For example, as of 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, there were zero stories visible on the CNN.com front page after the explosive allegations leveled by former Biden business partner Tony Bobulinski or anything else connected with the story. MSNBC.com appears likewise almost totally void of coverage of the story, except to note that Trump likely plans to make Hunter Biden an issue in the debate tonight. The Biden campaign has also indicated that Biden will refuse to answer any questions about the story on the basis that it's part of a Russian misinformation campaign. However, the media was not always studiously silent about the questionable relationship between CEFC and the Biden family. In fact, back in 2018, before Joe Biden became the Democratic nominee for president, the New York Times ran a damning piece on the arrest of former CEFC head Ye Jiming and his efforts to bribe foreign officials around the world, including specifically the Biden family. Among other explosive facts from the New York Times report, the story alleges that when U.S. authorities closed in on CEFC and took one of Mr. Ye's emissaries into custody, one of the first phone calls he made was to Joe Biden's brother James in an attempt to show how politically connected he was. According to the Times, quote, In a brief interview, James Biden said he had been surprised by Mr. Ho's call. He said he believed it had been meant for Hunter Biden, the former vice president's son. James Biden, his brother, said he had passed on his nephew's contact information. There's nothing else I have to say, James Biden said. I don't want to be dragged into this anymore. The report also details that Yi began cultivating a relationship with the Biden family in 2015 when Biden was still vice president. The report states that an aide to Ye met with Hunter Biden during that time and that Ye himself met with Biden in a hotel in Miami. The point is, the Times wasn't always, wasn't always ignoring the facts of this story. In fact, some of the facts of this story were reported by the Times in 2018. That's pretty amazing information. Well done, the blaze. In these alternative news organizations. Very, very important. All right. We will be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, the evidence is pouring out over at National Pulse, for example. Smoking gun Biden emails reveal he lobbied the big guy, meaning his father, the vice president, for political favors. If I ask, he will do it. Not only did Hunter Biden say he would oblige, but he also noted he would be killed by White House vice presidential staff if he went, quote, 
around everybody and straight to Joe Biden, apparently acknowledging the unethical nature of his upcoming action. This is in an email. The big guy appears to be a common euphemism for Joe Biden and appears in previous emails published by the New York Post, confirmed by Hunter Biden's uh, business associate, Tony Bobulinski. The latest news comes despite Joe Biden repeatedly insisting there's no basis whatsoever for claims that Hunter Biden profited from his family name. Now, left-wing news sites like Vox have repeatedly claimed that by mutual agreement, Hunter avoided lobbying his father without evidence and contrary to what the new emails reveal. The email dated December 14, 2010, comes from a lobbyist and senior partner at the Mathis Harpel Group, which has worked for major pharmaceutical industry groups, big tobacco corporations, even major petroleum companies like Royal Dutch Shell. Chuck Harbaugh, a lobbyist and senior partner at the firm, emailed Hunter Biden about arranging a meeting with then-Vice President Joe Biden, who he referred to as the big guy. Now, I'm not going to read the whole email to you. I'm just telling you. In other words, Harbaugh was emailing the vice president's son for political access, and Hunter promised to oblige. Now, this is the, another bombshell. It comes as the national news media continued to ignore and pour scorn over the veracity of the Hunter Biden laptop and the emails contained within. The National Pulse has confirmed the nature of the emails and the contents of the laptop. I want people to understand who are voting. That Joe Biden, God forbid if he wins, will not be long for the presidency. It'll be the most radical individual in modern times, in any times, who would step up. It would be Kamala Harris of California. And she has said, no private health care. You heard her. That was at a time when she was unconstrained by a running mate. Unrestrained. She said, no fossil fuel which would include no fracking, no private health care, eliminate ICE, big support of the Black Lives Matter movement, and massive cuts in local law enforcement. That's who you're voting for, to tell you the truth. You're voting for Kamala Harris to be president of the United States. Because should Joe Biden get elected, God forbid, whether it's mental or physical, but also legal. And what the media are doing now in the days before the election is what the media do when they're in the back pockets of Vladimir Putin, of a late Fidel Castro, of a Maduro, of a Xi The media is conducting itself today the way the media conducted itself in fascistic and Marxist regimes. And it is doing its damn level best to conceal from you, the voter, pertinent information. As is Facebook, as is Twitter, as is NPR. So all these media entities, all these information entities are trying to control the outcome of this election, are trying to deny you information so you can draw your own judgments and make your own decisions. 
But I'm telling you, if you vote for Biden for president, you're voting for Kamala Harris for president of the United States. That's what you're doing. Who, as you well know, in the United States Senate was to the left of Bernie Sanders. You're to the left of Bernie Sanders. You're Lenin. Don't let that smile and that giggle deceive you. Plenty of people smile and giggle while they're ruining lives. And she would ruin this country. Just keep that in mind when you go to vote or when you fill out one of these mail-in ballots or absentee ballots now. You're not really voting for lunch bucket Joe. That would be bad enough. No. You're voting for leftist Marxist Kamala Harris. Now we've talked a lot about why the Media Research Center is essential in the fight against the left-wing media. No one does a better job on covering the truth and taking the fight to dishonest journalists than the MRC. Learn about that at mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org. And thanks to the MRC, the media's on the defense lately, trying to explain why they've shed any pretense of objectivity about this election. Facebook, Twitter, and the media are censoring the New York Post stories, exposing the corruption of Biden's. And the MRC is telling the American people the truth, unlike the dishonest journalists and big tech companies who are in the tank for Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. The media and social media companies used to get away with things like this before the MRC made it their mission to tell the American people the truth. No matter what happens on November 3rd, we can count on the MRC to take the fight to the media every day. So go to mrclevin.org, that's mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org. Now in about an hour and 20 minutes, there'll be a debate, as you know. And we'll have a moderator who's supposed to be a referee whose family's deeply steeped in Democrat politics, who's donated heavily to Democrats, including Barack Obama, who attended the White, <laughs> excuse me, who attended the White House, as did the moderator herself in an Obama event. This is apparently the best the Commission on Presidential Debates could find. She's been extremely rude to the President of the United States during numerous press conferences. And she's given the thumbs up by Jim Acosta, who says she's terrific. Among the issues she put on the list includes climate change. And so the list includes pretty much a left-wing agenda. Another item on the list is race. Well, now that she put race on the list, will she ask Joe Biden? I hope she does. I hope she surprises me. And you. Will she ask Joe Biden about his racist past? Will she quote Joe Biden about neighborhood jungles? Will she confront him the way his now running mate confronted him? Not just his opposition to busing, but what he said about it. Will she do that now that she's going to bring up race? 
and when it comes to climate change. What is it exactly that she intends to elicit from the President of the United States? Does he believe in it? The Paris Accords? Are we going to go down the Democrat talking points again? I'm afraid so, ladies and gentlemen. I'm afraid so. There's not one question on that list, and there wasn't one question on Chris Wallace's list. How about capitalism? What do you think about capitalism? What do you think about the Constitution and aspects of the Constitution? Nothing. What do you think about securing our border? What do you think about expanding private health care? Notice the way the questions and the topics are formulated. It's always from a leftist perspective. Always from a leftist perspective. And of course, foreign policy. The President of the United States has had massive success in foreign policy. You've got the Trump Doctrine, which is an aspect of the Reagan Doctrine, peace through strength. Now that doesn't mean under the Trump Doctrine that you have to demonstrate your military strength in every corner of the world. But when you need to use your military, you damn well better be able to defeat the enemy. He has forced NATO and NATO countries to spend more on defense. He has put sanctions on Russia like no president before him. He's confronting communist China genocidal regime like no president before him. He has taken a radically different approach on peace in the Middle East, which has been incredibly successful. He refused to subsidize and kowtow to an Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran that's building ICBMs with warheads on it that can reach Los Angeles. He's got a fantastic foreign policy record. He has a fantastic economic record. And I would contend he's done more in fighting this virus than any other president could have or would have. We know that because of Obama-Biden. And that's the truth. And we will have a vaccine soon. Some of you may not want to take it. I'll be the first one in line. It's up to you. Do what you want. I don't believe we should mandate it. I mean, if I take a vaccine, it's intended to protect me, right? If you choose not to, that's up to you. But that's beside the point. He will have a vaccine thanks to what he's done as a businessman, as a former executive, and now an executive of the federal government. He will pull together forces, elements of our society, private and public, like nobody before him in a war against this virus. Joe Biden couldn't do it, and Joe Biden didn't do it. And he had no help from Pelosi, no help from Schumer, no help from the Democrats. And this is a man who's been under the gun, who's been under attack, who they impeached, who they tried to overthrow, who they tried to throw in prison with criminal investigations, and yet look at his record. Look at his record. Very few people can withstand this. I don't have anybody who could. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. 
Mark Levin. MSNBC's Hallie Jackson is another fraud. And you have Hogan Gidley, who is uh, with the campaign, the president's campaign. And I want you to see how they treat him. They don't do this on Fox. But MSNBC and CNN are doing this more and more. They're so disrespectful, so unprofessional. Cut three, go. The president himself has been somebody that has spread misinformation and disinformation about voting security. Given this new information from uh, from Director Ray and the comments he's now reiterating, will the president back off on making those claims? Is that a conversation that you and the campaign are having with him? You, you, you can't deny what you've seen on television in all of these local markets where people are finding ballots in trash cans, people are there finding ballots in There is no widespread evidence of voter of fraud, Hogan. You know that. I don't want to have to rehash this no, conversation. Con- I'm asking if the president is going to back off those claims. If you can't answer that, that's fine. We can move on. But just answer the question. First of all, what, boy, I mean, she, she hyped up or what? I can't answer the question. Lady, why don't you do a Google search? There's widespread disaster all over the country, as a matter of fact. Just in Pennsylvania alone, several hundred thousand ballots. In recent days. So what is she talking about? She doesn't know this? Of course she knows this. But she's a propagandist. Go ahead. Answering the question, because the fact is, it does occur. Listen, I, I received you're, a ballot just the other day in my apartment that is from someone who hasn't there is lived not there in 10 years. Of voter fraud. Okay, well, we're going to move on then, because that is, my other question is this. Before, is, before I let oh, you go, Hogan, Hallie, that, no, 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 Hallie, Hallie, Hallie. Don't, don't pretend Ray. like your local markets, to, NBC affiliates, are reporting on this in all types of areas Hogan, across this country. The this FBI is rampant. director Everyone himself, specifically, that. within the last 12 hours, said on national television across every network that there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Somebody okay, let's a- stop a second. Well, the FBI director, you know, the FBI director is not in charge of voter fraud. No, 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 no. It's a state issue. The states have to look at voter fraud. Every state looks at voter fraud. It's not an FBI issue unless you violate a federal offense. It's a federal crime, then it's an FBI issue. But it's not an FBI issue. It's a state police issue. It's a state issue. That's the issue. You got it, Haley? Do I do a good Haley Jackson, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Part of the Trump administration's own intelligence expert field, Hogan. That's not coming from me. That's coming from Ray. Does the president have confidence in his FBI director? Yes or no? The president has confidence. What kind of a stupid, what what kind of an idiot is this host? And what kind of a stupid interview is this? Go ahead. I guess. want a free and fair election. That's what he's been pushing for this entire time. That's why he set up the federal question? government to work with the states to get. Okay, uh, you have an answer interfe- to my question. I want my question answered. I want your question. The FBI. You heard what Ray said, didn't you? Hear what Ray said. I'm talking about the FBI. Uh, okay, you're done. No more. No more disinformation. We'll be right back. Woo! I'm exhausted just listening to her. Aren't you, Mr. Producer? Well. <coughs> Excuse me, I have cholera. I don't know what's going on here. I've got cholera. I don't know what. All right, I want to play this for you. And I want to talk about it when we come back. This is a Joe Biden ad about your country. The country that has fed Joe Biden on the public payroll for his entire life. Your great country. Cut one, go. America was an idea. An idea. 
we hold these truths to be self-evident. Okay, We've let's never... stop. America is a fact, a fact, the most fabulous republic that mankind has ever conceived and established. America is not a mere idea. Go ahead. Lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before. This is amazing to me. You've, you've got gold star families. You have families who've lost men and women in, in law enforcement. You've got men and women, as I speak, who are serving this country in one hellhole after another. Some of them have to do it secretly with their lives on the line. We have a bustling country with magnificent people from all backgrounds who, for the most part, do get along and work hard side-by-side on assembly lines. Side-by-side. And we're an idea. We never lived up to it. We've never lived up to our idea. I want to continue with this so you folks who think you're going to vote for Biden know exactly what you're voting for. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. A little less than one hour before the debate, but stick with us. It doesn't begin until I'm done. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Nancy Pelosi, a.k.a. Eva Pelosi, at her weekly press conference, where she's uh, shaking. She's shaking. I don't know what's happening to her. Like a feather in the breeze. Uh, and when that happens, you know, uh, never mind. So anyway, uh, during her press conference today, somebody asked her about some of the allegations against Joe Biden. Didn't get into specifics. And I want you to see how Eva Pelosi treats the press and how they're perfectly happy with it. Cut eight. Go. Madam Speaker, um, these allegations of corruption involving Joe Biden have been raised in recent days. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not answering your questions, okay? We're talking about the coronavirus. That's what I... I don't have all day for questions. That's what we're taking now. Anybody have a question on the coronavirus negotiations? Uh, We don't have a question on the coronavirus negotiations. Uh, We know that you've been uh, sabotaging those negotiations until... All the crooked Democrats running governors, uh, running states and cities are bailed out uh, from all the deals that they have made. 
Uh, other than that, uh, we're not taking any questions on uh, no questions on the uh, on the issue of Joe Biden's corruption. No, we don't have time. I don't have time for questions all day. I got to go to the salon and get my hair done. I got to go to the plastic surgeon and get my Botox and have my face uh, put back together by my uh, well, whatever. She's such a nut. Come on, let's throw her out. Let's let's get a majority in the uh, let's get a majority in the house. Wouldn't that be fascinating? Now, Adam Schiff, of course, he's on MSLSD today. Adam Schiff is probably the biggest liar in American politics, and that's saying something. He's in a beautiful, he represents a beautiful area of the country in California. They used to be represented by a Republican, but like so many of these areas, they've changed considerably. Because as I've said many, many times, liberals are like cockroaches. They move from town to town and state to state. Uh, They try to run from the conditions that they've created, uh, only to create those same conditions in the areas where they land. Uh, So, uh, very much. And so, uh, here's Adam Schiff on MSLSD today. Cut six, go. You know, the childhood, you know, kind of uh, insults are are one thing. It's just demeaning to the office of the presidency. But what was more concerning at that Is he aware of uh, Nancy Pelosi's childish insults? Anyway, go ahead. And at others, uh, is the president saying that the chairman of the Intelligence Committee should be locked up, leading a chant of lock him up? Uh, at one point this week, he said that something should happen to Adam Schiff. Uh, there is no disguising I think the something threat. did happen to Adam Schiff when he was a little kid. First of all, I think is he got hit in the face with a, a shovel. That's number one. That's quite apparent. But number two, I suspect Adam Schiff was kicked all around recess in the playground and he said one day I'm going to be in a position of power and when I'm in that position of power I'm going to use that position of power to push people around the way I'm pushed around so I think he's a psycho case go ahead nature of those words and we have seen the president's words incite violence Uh, And we have seen uh, terrorist plots, uh, for example, the kidnapping plot against the governor of Michigan. uh, What are you, an idiot? You have no evidence of anything. You really are a sick POS. Nobody, other than the governor of Michigan, has tied President Trump or anything he's said to any of that. It's like the Charlottesville lie. They can't help themselves. They have to keep talking this way. Go ahead. Climate that he is creating, and so uh, you know. We ah, have shut to up, the- you jerk! You never opened that big mouth of yours, that pie hole, when there were riots in the street and looting and arson by Democrats. Never said a damn thing about Antifa. Never said a damn thing about Black Lives Matter. But the president's creating this climate, and your great leader, Eva Pelosi. Went on and on about the uh, stormtroopers, federal law enforcement. And another one of your great leaders, Jim Clyburn, he attacked them too. Using a Nazi reference. So don't tell us who's creating and inciting and all the rest of it. You bums are doing it. In fact, this is for, hold on, Davy Alba. 
Davy Albert, the New York Slimes. What a buffoon and what a liar. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Trying to pin on me and Bongino violence after the election. No, no, no. It's you at the New York Slimes, Washington Compost, and other fools. Look at this from the Federalist, Joy Pullman. Riot and protest instigators plan to make sure Trump leaves the White House by any means necessary after the November 3rd election, according to website posts from the group Shut Down DC and their allies. Quote, we're making plans to be in the streets before the polls even close, ready to adapt and respond to whatever comes out, the group says on its website currently. Somehow the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes missed this. Trump has shown that he will stop at nothing to maintain his grip on power. Trump will not leave office without mass mobilization and direct action. An October 13 version of the same webpage reads, How come they never say to Joe Biden, uh, will, you, uh, will you accept the results of an election? Because here we have another story from TrendingPolitics.com. Joe Biden is allegedly raising money for post-election litigation. He's raising a fortune to hire an a army of a slip-and-fall ambulance-chasing lawyers. So it's, apparently he's not prepared to accept the results of the election. Now, this group linked to protests at the homes of Trump administration officials tells its D.C. area supporters, quote, come to Black Lives Matter Plaza on election night to create serious disruption if Trump really tries to steal the election. Now, that so-called Black Lives Matter Plaza is the site of repeated anti-Trump summer rioting, defacement of historic St. John's Church, one block away from the White House. And, of course, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist anarchist organization. You know, it's not like the NAACP or anything. No, it is a violent, armed, militia wing of the Democrat Party. On the page, Shutdown DC sketches its plans for election night and immediately following. In the days following the election, we'll continue to come out into the streets every day to respond to rapidly changing events. We may be waiting for votes to be counted, or we may be... Now, the way this show is broadcast is very interesting. I actually broadcast from Virginia. Mr. Reduce and Mr. Call Screener are in New York. And uh, 
Cumulus Westwood One made the decision somehow, some way, that we were going to program, route it through this engineering operation in Denver. And so that's where the weakness is, and that's where the, the problem took place. So I want to apologize, not on my behalf, but on behalf of Cumulus Westwood One. Uh, we're going to have to get a little bit more professional than this and handle this, uh, because that should never happen. And we should be immediately contacted, New York and Virginia, so we know it right away. Um, I'm not airing dirty laundry. I just said you went through this, and I'm letting you know what happened. It's very, very unfortunate. We've got to be able to have um, a program that is professionally engineered. Well, there's no point in doing it. I'll just do a podcast. Do you know what big tech and big government have in common? They can both attempt to censor you. And here's where it gets tricky. Big tech can also track you and what you do online and gather all kinds of data on you. Private confidential information, your shopping decisions, some of you date, whatever it is. Now what you're searching for, the videos you watch, and everything you click, they can match your activity to your identity using your device's unique IP address. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Now, when I use ExpressVPN, no one can see my IP address at all. Plus, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of my internet data for protection from hackers. ExpressVPN is the VPN rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless other tech publications. Couldn't be easier to use. The app has one button. You just tap it, and you're protected. It's that simple. Defend your right to privacy today. Defend it against everybody by visiting expressvpn.com slash mark. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash mark to get three months of ExpressVPN free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash mark. Ron, Alberton, Georgia, XM Satellite. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, how are you doing tonight, Mark? All right. Thank you, Ron. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I wanted to alert you to something else that's going on. You're talking about censorship here. Uh, the night of the first debate, our Internet was conveniently down, and it came back on um, right before the debate was over. Now, we're talking about Comcast here. I'm not the kind of guy who's normally given to conspiracy theories or anything like that, but guess what? We have a debate tonight, and guess what? We have no Internet in Elbert County again tonight. Isn't that interesting? In, in, in your county in Georgia? That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it, though? Uh, their, their Internet just happens to be down both nights when there's a debate. Now, the first night... We now, were now in- is it down often? What's that? Is the Internet down often? No. No, see, this is the point. We don't know if it's just down by plan, by it, whether it's just down by coincidence. We don't know. But it doesn't pass the smell test. Uh, the first debate, we were able to watch it uh, over Facebook on my wife's smartphone. Well, now, guess what? Tonight, she can't get it through Facebook on her, cell, on her uh, smartphone. So you know, what is going on here? Can't she get it on her smartphone? No, nope, she can't get it. Why? 
Uh, we don't know. Well, the Internet's down, for one thing. But uh, the cell phone and the Internet are two different things. Right. So, you know, right. So we don't know. Why can't she get it? She said she tried it several times. It won't and, you don't, and you don't have TV either? No, no TV. No, we don't have cable. You know, the Comcast is down. The Wi-Fi is down. Everything is down. I can't even get now, to Now, are, are you sure it's not just your house? Nope, nope. They, uh, uh, your neighbors having the same problem? Our, our neighbors are having the same problem, right, exactly. Well, I don't uh, know what to tell you, bro. Yeah, this is something that the uh, friends of ours, they called in and said, oh, yes, this is it's a, it's a planned outage, and it'll be back on by 11 p.m. Well, isn't that helpful? 11 p.m.? Okay. All right, man, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe move. But thank you for your call. I'm not trying to be flip. I don't know what to tell you. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, the Democrats are so cocky, they're already trying to decide what positions they want. This is from Politico, which knows what the Democrats want, since it's a mouthpiece for the Democrats. Senator, <coughs> excuse me, Senator Bernie Sanders. This is from Quint Forge, if that is his name. Senator Bernie Sanders is hoping to be part of Joe Biden's potential administration. And he has already expressed a particular interest in becoming Labor Secretary. Two people familiar with the conversation tell Politico. Look how cocky. I can confirm he's trying to figure out how to land the role or something like it, said one person close to the Vermont senator. He personally does have an interest in it. Sanders on Wednesday declined to confirm or deny that he's putting his name forward for the position, which means he is. You just say, no, I'm not doing that. Right now, I'm focused on seeing that Biden is elected president. That's what my main focus is. You see, the radical, hardcore Marxist left is desperate to have Biden because they know he's not going to be there long, and they know they're going to be able to institute their agenda. Former Sanders campaign manager, Faiz Shakir, he said Sanders has not talked directly with anyone in the Biden campaign about a future role, but plans to push Biden, his former Senate colleague, Quote, to include progressive voices, unquote, in both the transition and in a potential new administration. They're already cocky, I'm telling you. They're salivating. You see, they see the country as clay. They're ready to mold it. 
They don't see any checks, any balances. They'll take care of that. They're going to bulldoze through the Constitution's firewalls. And they're going to do that because they're going to stuff the courts. They're going to pack them. I watched this idiot senator from Maryland. I can't remember. Van something or other. And this jerk gets up there and goes on and on about how the Republicans are stacking. That was his word, stacking the Supreme Court. Never before. What is his name? Van Hollen. Yeah. What a jerk. What a clown. What a propagandist. Sky Van Hollen, he says, look, the Republicans are packing and stacking the court. Never before in American history have we had a vote for a Supreme Court nominee this close to an election. I'm thinking, never before in American history have we had a nominee this close to the cherry, cherry blossom season. Who cares? The fact is, we know we've had 22 presidents who've nominated justices or potential justices to the Supreme Court in the final year of their first term or their second term on 29 different occasions. Who cares if it's 12 days from an election or whatever? When you move the elections the way they do so up front, two months before actual election day in some states, and then you turn around and you say, never before during elections like this have we ever had a... You're creating your own scenario. Now, Donald Trump and the Republicans in the Senate would be absolute fools if they said, no, we're going to wait and let the Democrats handle this. That has never been done in American history. And they keep bringing up this idiot, Merrick Garland. By the way, who names their kid? Hey, Merrick, Merrick. Anyway, Merrick Garland. So Merrick Garland was nominated in the last year of the second term of the Obama administration. Great. And the Republican Senate said no. That's happened many times. Republican Senate's not forced to vote on this guy. They said no, we're not taking it up. The difference here is you have a Republican president and Republican Senate. So none of this is extraordinary. None of it's unusual. They're saying we need to wait for the outcome of the election. They're trying to corrupt the election process. They're hiring a bunch of lawyers. They say Trump won't accept the results of the election when Biden is raising funds to hire even more than 600 lawyers. So we're supposed to follow their rules, not even the Constitution, their rules, when they don't even follow their rules. So they're burning down the Supreme Court. They're burning down the Senate. They're burning down the filibuster rule. They can get their hands on the Electoral College. They'll burn that down. Hey, look at this. The Republicans aren't following. Look, look at what the Republicans are doing. They're actually going to nominate and confirm a Supreme Court justice. Well, that's what the Constitution says. Wow, this has never been done in American history. Now, by the way, and Biden wants to now set up a commission to look at the Supreme Court and the courts because the system's broken. This idiot took a torch to the confirmation process. He led the attacks on Bork on Clarence Thomas, on circuit court nominees and other individuals, and now he wants to have a commission to take a look at it. It shows you what a gutless, pathetic fool this man is. He's the one who created this situation. And now he won't say, no, I'm not going to pack the court. And now he says, no, there's other, op- there's, there's other possibilities. You know, there's other things we can do. After he destroyed the confirmation process. 
I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. So the debate is in about 10 minutes, but I'm here about another eight minutes. And I want to circle back to what Joe Biden, his commercial said. Cut one, go. America was an idea. All right, an so idea. stop. America was an idea. As I was saying about 45 minutes ago. Listen to how he said America was in past tense. America was an idea. No, America is a magnificent country. Go ahead. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it. Yes, we have lived up to it, you jerk. In a thousand different ways, we've lived up to it. A thousand different ways. How dare he speak about this country this way? But it shows you what he thinks about you. America is you. Go ahead. And I just think we have to... Be more honest and let our kids know as we raise them what actually did happen. Acknowledge our mistakes so we don't repeat them. No, I don't want to acknowledge our mistakes. I want to acknowledge our greatness, our accomplishments. What the hell is this? I want to acknowledge all the magnificent things that this country has done that has come from the people, the ground up. We've gone to this from a shining city on a hill. The dark and bleak and impoverished attitude that Joe Biden has is appalling. Go ahead. It's over. It's really quite shocking. Again, it's something to think about. Mike, Charlottesville, West Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. Mike, how are you? I'm well. Thank you very much, and thank you for all you do. And thank you. I just wanted to also point out that our local affiliate, NBC affiliate, uh, had a uh, technical malfunction with their audio during the first debate, and all we were able to hear was the emergency broadcast tone and their claiming of having wires crossed. Listen, I, I, I we just had about an hour ago... These schmoes in Denver, our, our show wasn't on the air live, uh, for eight minutes, uh, probably some engineer with his feet up, 
taking a snooze or eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So, look, who am I to talk, right, Mike? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Anyways, I, I just wanted to point that out, and it'd be curious to know how many people out there actually have had technical malfunctions during the first debate. All right, but you're going to be able to watch the debate tonight, and um, I, I hope this moderator, I hope she just doesn't overplay her hand. I fear she may well. Uh, the subject areas are... You know, it's so so predictable, climate change and race and so forth. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. But I will tell you this. No matter what happens after this debate, Mike, the vast majority of media outlets, whether it's the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost, whether it's the Constipated News Network or MSLSD, or the major networks, the vast majority of them will say Trump was a disaster and Biden, Biden did well. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it goes without saying. I mean, you know, fake. And if the president brings up this Hunter stuff, which they've already dismissed, they're going to say, hey, he's got this right-wing conspiracy theory going. He wasted time on that when he should have been talking about the needs of our fellow human beings. Oh, you mean like the Russia hoax and collusion? No, no, no. That was serious. The needs of our fellow human beings. And Donald Trump wouldn't talk about it. He has no governmental grand scheme for health care. Ah, have you noticed that, Frank? Oh, yes, Harriet, I noticed that. I can tell you already what these fools are going to say. I, I know, and Mr. Levin, um, it's amazing how many Democrats that I know that are still clinging to that. Mm-hmm. And you're from West Virginia. Well, I think we're going to win West Virginia. Char- Charlottesville. Virginia. Oh, Virginia, not Couple West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, we're going to have a trouble in Virginia. That's I know, because I'm in Virginia. All right, Mike, thank you for your call, my friend. Well, we've had a few hiccups in this show. I, I just <laughs> hope for the major part of it you've been able to hear us. I think you have. All right. Approximately five minutes, you will you'll be able to watch and hear the debate. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless you, Mr. President. Godspeed. And break a leg. Break Joe Biden's leg, as a matter of fact. See you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.